Do you hold yourself to impossibly high standards? Did you realize that you are effectively giving yourself no chance of success when comparing yourself to your own internal standards? Mm. Let's talk about self-awareness today, y'all. Hey, everyone. I am Germany, and this is the Germination Podcast. Germination is the process of something coming into existence and developing. It's also the growth of a seed into a young plant or a seedling. I believe in the growth and development of self. All living organisms have the opportunity to grow and to evolve. I love to imagine what this world would be like if more people mastered themselves. The goal for this podcast is to share my growth journey while influencing others to do the same. My intentions are to inspire your creativity and to explore different avenues of personal development. I'll be digging deep on topics about mental health, personal development concepts, parenting, culture, business, and honestly, whatever else is on my mind to do. I'll even bring on guests so that they can join in on the discussions that we have here to offer their experiences of growth. I'm super duper 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 excited (laughs) about this new journey, and I'm just as excited about helping you along your journey too. What is going on, y'all? It is Germany, your personal development enthusiast and host of Germination, the brand podcast. I am so excited to be here today to be doing an episode. Self-awareness, whoa, 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 whoa. Um, Self-awareness is a lot. It has a lot to do with my growth and development and who I am today. Um, self-awareness ties directly to self-evaluation and introspection and reflection and everything. And I have pretty much gotten that part of my life down packed to the point to where it kind of happens automatically at this point. I still have some growing and developing to do in certain areas, of course, you know, because as I grow, as I learn, as I develop, I realized that my beliefs change and my standards change and a lot of the things that I used to um, go by and the standards that I used to hold for myself in society and some of the, the things that, you know, I used to believe aren't necessarily, did like they didn't make their way to my life today. And I have evolved. And so as I do that, as I evolve, I realize that those things change. And so I am kind of almost like in a constant state of self-reflection and self-awareness and introspection and really just evaluating myself um, because of what I just said. I'm just always evolving and I'm always learning new things. Um, And in learning those new things, my perspectives are being challenged and my beliefs are being challenged. And it kind of almost forces me to, you know, take a look and 
kind of evaluate who I am objectively as best as possible and, you know, make the change as, you know, as needed, you know, as I grow and I evolve, you know, but before we get too, too, too far into self-awareness right now, we are going to have a dose of gratitude. Welcome to the gratitude segment of the show. It is very important to tune into deep appreciation for all of the things in life. There are so many things in life to be grateful for. So right now, I would like for you all to take a few moments to feel grateful about one thing, person, or experience that you've had in life. And while you do that on your end, I'll also be doing so on my end. Gratefulness feels amazing. And now that we are all feeling good, feeling thankful, and just appreciating life, let's get into the show. So I am very grateful for my brain and how neuroplastic it is. And if you don't know what neuroplasticity is, it's just your your brain's ability to um, change and for the neurons in your brain to create new pathways in order to basically rewire your mind and, you know, its ability to kind of just adapt to new information, new different signals and everything. And with that rewiring and that neuroplasticity, um, I realized that I can develop new ways of thinking and I can unlearn and relearn things and I can challenge old perspectives and I can build new perspectives and I can exist in a world that is forever growing and basically, you know, exist amongst innovation and creativity and evolution, something that is, you know, inevitable in life. And so I am very grateful for, you know, my brain and its ability to do so. Um, And I'm just honestly just grateful for, you know, just the creation of humanity in general and to be a part of this life and to experience the world in such a way. You know, I'm not a plant. I'm not an animal. I'm not like, you know, a tiger or a bear or anything like that. I am a, you know, I'm a human being. And to be able to uh, experience life in this way it really um, 
I think I will forever be grateful for this experience because it has taught me so much about, um, it's just taught me so much about the complexities of, of the universe and how deep it can go and how vast our consciousness is and how our consciousness just really kind of just evolve and go really very, very, very far, infinitely far past our own understanding. And so I'm just super grateful for the unknown, even though I don't like the unknown sometimes because I want to know it all. And um, because uncertainty definitely is something that sometimes like um, scares me a little bit. But to be honest, I'm kind of almost in the same token grateful for it because it is, you know, always going to be, it's always going to exist. It's always going to be, it's always going to um, be a part of the next phase in, you know, in consciousness, in life, in eleva- in elevation, in, in evolution, no matter what happens, whether I'm here to see it or if I come back to see it um, in a different form. So yeah, that's what I'm grateful for. So today, we are talking about self-awareness. And earlier I said, do you hold yourself to high standards? And when I said high standards, I don't mean just like, you know, uh, just regular high standards, high standards that you can probably most likely reach. I'm talking about impossibly high standards. I mean, setting standards that are so beyond yourself that you're trying to reach daily instead of starting, you know, in in within your actual frame of control with within your your within your bubble and then kind of like allowing that standard to evolve and grow and then allowing it to basically become a higher standard you know based off of all of the change work that you have done and so sometimes we are you know, in states of depression and anxiety because we set standards way beyond, way higher than what we fundamentally sometimes believe and what is actually possible in our day-to-day life. And so with coaching, we call that you know, chunked up, you're chunked up way too far, you're too broad, you're too, you're too big, and I know that sounds kind of odd, because it's like, well, no, I'm supposed to have big standards, I'm supposed to dream big, and, and, you know, and achieve greatness, yes, you are, of course, you're supposed to achieve greatness, right now, I have a goal so big beyond me right now, I have not shared that with the world, it's something that I have written down, in my um you know in my journal and it's one of those list of things that I do plan to do and if I was to go for that and be trying to shoot for that when I haven't even done the the work in the evaluation and I haven't even looked at my belief systems or I haven't even looked at my daily habits or I haven't even looked at you know my environment and 
um, the people in my environment and how I interact with them and how they interact with me when I haven't even done kind of like the basic level of, you know, of work before I shoot for this, you know, crazy, crazy, crazy dream. And there's nothing wrong with shooting for a crazy dream. It's just that there's this such thing as called creating a realistic goal for yourself. And yes, your big dream is realistic, but it also isn't in the frame of context and where you are at in, in, in the moment. So I'm not here to tell you to not dream big. What I'm here to say is to evaluate your standards, evaluate the goals that you're setting for yourself and think about and realize and, you know, evaluate if you are chunked up. When I mean chunked up, realize if you're taking a big bite out of something that you can't even really digest right now. If you are taking, trying to eat the whole cake when that's not even, you know, something that's possible. You can't eat the whole cake in one sitting. Like, to set that standard or try to eat the whole cake in one day, you know, that's just impossible. Not because you can't do it, because, you know, we see people all the time in those eat it in, in those festivals that, I don't know if any of you have seen Beethoven, but uh, it's the old school, the old school Beethoven, when uh, they they were in that eating contest. And I don't know, I forgot what they were eating. I think they were eating, they weren't eating hot dogs. Maybe they were eating hot dogs. And uh, Beethoven and his owner <laughs> were in competition with, you know, some uh, another uh, person. And <laughs> they were, like, eating a whole bunch of, like, hot dogs and stuff. And, like, Beethoven was eating it, too. And it was just kind of, like, it was so much. Um, and, of course, like, he was sick afterwards <laughs> because it was just too much to eat in one sitting of course they won and they got the trophy but to what cost he got sick he threw it all up he couldn't he couldn't even enjoy himself afterwards because he was full of hot dogs (laughs) like he ate too many and so that's what you know when we put that towards what we are talking about today how are you Eat, you're eating too much. You're taking too much of a big chunk out of what it is that you're trying to achieve. And sometimes it's okay to kind of just like take smaller bites, see what you feel like, you know, and evaluate, you know, how does my body feel? What, um, you know, what comes up when I take this bite? You know, what am I, you know, fundamentally believing about what I'm eating right now? Do I really want to eat what I'm eating? Like, let's just say that you're a person that doesn't want to eat, um, you don't want to eat a certain type of food anymore. Let's just say you don't want to even eat meat. You want to take meat out your diet, but you just haven't gotten there yet, and you're still eating meat. So you take this small portion of meat, and you're eating it, and it's like, hmm, I'm eating this meat. I know I don't want to eat this meat. I know that I've set a goal for myself to not eat this meat, but I'm still eating this meat because I'm comfortable with eating this meat. Um, But really, like fundamentally, like standard-wise, I've already evaluated that I don't want to eat meat no more, but I'm still eating it. So 
how is that making me feel the more I take a bite of this meat? You know, am I just comfortable eating it? Or, you know, am I eating it for some sort of nutrition? Well, if I'm not getting any nutritional value out of it, then why, you know, why am I deciding to go against my standards? I have really kind of like almost just failed, you know, at um, my standards at this point because they have changed. I don't know. I no longer value eating meat, but I'm just doing it because I'm comfortable or because I'm used to it. And I haven't built up the muscle enough or the discipline enough to just remove it from my diet and just to choose something else. You know, so that is what it's like to be self-aware, okay? So I talked a lot about that. And so what I really need to do is talk to you all about what actually is self-awareness. And to just keep it really simple, self-awareness is the ability to see ourselves, see our beliefs, see our values, our feelings, our biases and you know our thoughts as it relates to the outside world and the inside world you know so when I say that I talked a lot about that kind of almost just a few minutes ago talking about our our beliefs but then now we go get to values you know for me I've realized that some of the things that I used to value I don't value anymore like one of the main things that I probably don't like, probably like anymore is gossip. And now there is a certain level of gossip that I think that everybody kind of just has, like, regardless, like, I don't think that nobody kind of is just like super immune to gossip or doesn't have, like, doesn't have talk or doesn't gossip at, just at some small level. Um, but gossiping just to be gossiping and just talking about people or talking, you know, negatively about things and kind of just, you know, using time to just talk just really down or just, just be talking about other people in such a way that is not enriching or um, that's not in a way that is kind of almost where you're like you're not like you're evaluating something from a space of just trying to get an understanding you're more so evaluating and talking about it in a way of like you just really just trying to talk about somebody I don't do that I don't like that now when I was a teenager I did a lot of gossiping all the time like especially with my friends all the time did gossiping like all the time and it's just something that I don't care too much for anymore and my values have changed and so I've realized that you know, any of those people around me that are doing those things, that are gossiping in negative ways, I don't want to, I don't want to involve myself with because it doesn't make me feel good. And most of the time it doesn't make me feel good because I don't value it anymore. I don't see the point um, in talking about people in a negative way. And mainly the reason why I don't feel the same way about that is because as I grow and evolve through life, I realize that we all go through our own things, you know, and we all, you know, are dealing with things that a lot of the world don't get to see. So talking negative, negatively about people and their decisions or their choices or whatever, 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 whether we agree with it, whether we don't agree with it or not, then it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, it's not my business. 
it's not my place. I need to mind my business because at any point I can be in a down state. At any point I can be made a fool of in public. And at any point, you know what I'm saying, other people are going to look at me and um, um, feel the same way about me, you know. So basically, fundamentally, what you think about other people is what you will attract for yourself. And so if I'm talking about people and gossiping negatively about people, then I'm attracting that to myself. I'm attracting that same energy because I'm talking about it. I'm indulging in it. I'm thinking about it and I'm entertaining it, you know, so I don't want that to be the the basis of what's a tr- what, what my attraction is, you know, so I just don't value that anymore. And so some of the other things that we can be self-aware about is like emotions. Now, emotional intelligence is just like one of those things that I have been on a really long journey about because I have, I am an emotional person and I'm very, like I'm highly, I'm a highly sensitive person. And basically what that means is sen- sensory wise, I feel things on a deep, on a deep level. Um, not only do I feel things on a deep level, but I experience, ex- I experience moments deeper than others. So when people look at me like, Jeremy, it ain't that deep, it'd be that deep for me because that's, that's um, how sensitive, um, that's how sensitive my, my body is to certain uh, stimuli. You know, this is why I love nature so much because when I go out inside, when I go outside of nature, nature stimulates my senses and it makes me feel really, really good versus when other people go outside and see the nature, they're probably worrying about the bugs and all of the smoke and all of the chemicals and all of the craziness that's happening outside. But for me, if I'm taking a walk, I'm noticing the beauty of nature and I'm, you know, inhaling the oxygen from the trees and stuff because that's how sensitive I am to um, to the to the stimuli that nature brings. And I'm noticing like the birds and I'm noticing the ants. I notice like very small details about things um, that, you know, your average person probably isn't like really paying attention to. <laughs> I've always been like this. I've always noticed how how the clouds are so close to the earth versus what, you know, versus if somebody else was to probably look at the sky. And I don't know, you know, what other, anybody else is like think, think about, but... You know, I can remember myself looking at the clouds and how they just were just so low. And I'd be like, dang, those clouds are really low to the ground. That's because I'm really, really looking at the 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 outline of the cloud. And I'm looking at the movement of the cloud and where it's at and how it's placed and blah, 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 blah. And so when I think about emotional intelligence and my my feelings in particular, I have to learn how to be self-aware to how I'm feeling when certain things come up when I am communicating with others you know and when certain things basically um when certain things trigger me um and when certain things you know make me feel like I need to put up my defenses and that takes so much work, y'all. Like when I say that takes so much work, that takes so much work. It's not an overnight thing. It's not a it's not a thing that's gonna be done in like a month even. You know, it just takes years and years and years of really trying to 
really pay attention to what I'm feeling. And so going back a little bit to just observing ourselves and how self-awareness kind of like plays a part in that, there is this like idea that you are not your thoughts. You know, you are not your feelings. You are the observer. You are the person that is, or you are the thinker. You are the the person or the thing behind the thought, the thing behind the feeling. You aren't the feeling itself. And so a lot of the times we identify ourselves with our feelings. We identify ourselves with our thoughts when, to be honest, I, and I've had this thought for a long time, thoughts are recycled. And I say that because it's so funny to me how you can think something, not say it, and somebody else thinks the same thing. And it's like, dang, you was thinking the same thing I'm thinking. So is the thought original? So is the thought really who I am? And it's like, no, the thought is not who I am. I'm just, I'm the thinker of the thought. You understand? So when you become the when you become so self-aware, you realize that you are the thinker. You are the feel. You're the person that's behind the feelings. You aren't the feeling itself. You aren't the thought itself. And so a lot of the times we are on autopilot and we're not thinking nothing about how we're thinking. We're not thinking nothing about how we're feeling. We're not even putting no type of attention on our inner world. We're just existing. We're just living. We're just doing, you know, and there is a level of disconnectedness from oneself when we do that because merely experiencing the world as um, as like, you know, like without the awareness and without knowing that you know, <laughs> without knowing that you know, is kind of living in a disempowered state. And it's like, how can you grow and evolve? And how can you create change if you are living in a disempowered state? How can you make corrections? How can you take um, criticism, constructive criticism, if you aren't aware of what you're doing, if you aren't aware that you are jumping to conclusions, if you aren't aware that you are um, responding um, irately, you know? And so... When we think about how we're going about our day-to-day lives, I think it's really important to, you know, have moments in our days, whether in the morning or in the evening, where we evaluate our day. We evaluate, you know, who were we today? What did we do today? Did we live according to our own standards? You know, and there is a such thing as correctness and right you know if if you create a standard for yourself then that's correct if you're not living based in that standard that you have created for yourself one that you believe right now 
the value um, that you hold right now and you didn't live in that way none today, then, yeah, you're going to kind of almost feel sad and bad and, and down because you didn't even you didn't even perform to your own standard that day. Neither did you take the time to evaluate in any moment if you were operating in that standard. You just were just doing and just being. And it's crazy because, yeah, we do need to just be. I, I'm, I'm not against just being. Because I am a person that's just like, oh, my God, I'm finna walk around. I don't want to do nothing. I just want to be. And that's fine. But in being, I'm also in awareness. I'm an aware being. I'm not a, I'm not a, a zombie. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm not a zombie. Ooh, I just kind of like made that up. I'm a aware. I'm a, hold on, let me see how I can put this. I'm a being that's aware. I'm not a zombie. I'm not walking around unconscious. I'm not walking around not noticing how people are perceiving me. I'm not walking around not noticing how I'm perceiving the world and my biases. And I'm trying my best to live a life of alignment. Now, that can sometimes create a little um, ripple in your day-to-day life, especially if you've been living in a certain type of way. Like if you haven't been living in a way that aligns with what your standards are and your and your beliefs are, and then you decide to change, you can create a big ripple. And that ripple means losing friends. Um, that ripple could be um, 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 like not working at a certain type of job anymore. It could be the music, like you're not attracted to the certain type of music that you used to listen to. And it's like those ripples are happening because you're creating change. And that change came from the awareness and how now you're trying to correct and align yourself with your standards. And there's this false... There's this false, um, there's this false sadness that occurs from this period of life. Sometimes we become sad when we lose the friends and we lose the family. But when really we're gaining our way of life, we're gaining our value. We're gaining our standard. We're gaining balance. And in order to do so, we lose, you know, we lose things. And I don't necessarily think you lose what you don't hold on, like what you don't hold value in. So there's no way to lose what you don't hold valuable anymore. So, yeah, it it hurts. But if we can reframe the way we think about how life changes when we start to align ourselves with our belief standards and values, then I think 
that we can, I think that it'll hurt way less. And yes, we're only human and we thrive off of social connection. (laughs) And so I'm not saying that it won't, you know, feel bad because I'm sure like it does. It feels bad. But I know that it can feel less bad when you realize that you're not losing something that you don't hold value in. This wise man once told me before, my boyfriend, shout out to Cozy, told me that you have to start devaluing things and devaluing people. And it's like ever since he t- he's told me that, that's just one of those things that I'm like I live by because I used to value, well, I do still value, but it's like I value my friendships and I value my family and I value um I value social connection a a ton, like a lot, y'all. I really I thrive off of social connection. And what happened was some some of the connections that I had weren't the best for me anymore moving forward. Um, I wasn't always gaining or some of those relationships weren't being reciprocated. The energy wasn't being reciprocated that I was putting in. And so I still was holding those relationships at a high value, but I didn't feel good about them. And I was feeling sad about those connections. Like, you know, I shouldn't feel sad about that. And so after being self-aware and evaluating and doing that reflection and that introspection, I realized that, oh, I don't value the terms in which this relationship exists anymore. So the next thing that I can only do is to try to have you know, conversation about how, you know, in that relationship specifically, maybe we need boundaries or maybe um, something in that relationship needs to change to where, you know, to, to match my standard, to match my value so I don't feel bad about the connection. And if that doesn't, if that doesn't happen, then I can no longer have that in my life or I can no longer hold on to that and that's not me being mean or petty or being bogus that's me living in my alignment that's not me like not loving that person anymore that's me realizing that on my end it doesn't feel good to have a connection that isn't up to par or up to my standards or up to, you know, in, in a certain type of value that that I hold for, you know, myself. So I'm not I'm not losing value if I lose the friendship. I'm not losing anything. I don't hold on. I don't hold it. I don't even hold the value in in, in it anymore. So I'm not losing anything. So that's something to think about, y'all, when we are uh, moving into our day-to-day lives and when we are, you know, evaluating things. We don't have to be nasty. You don't have to be nasty about things. 
You don't have to walk around with a damn 30, a 30 page uh, list of what you want peep certain people to be like and you're like, like you don't have to do that. Sometimes it's just the fundamental principles of how you know what you want in a friend, what you want in a in a spouse, you know, how you want your family, you know, to operate. And when we think about just moving along to family and friends, we sometimes have to even be self aware about that. You know, where are our family and friends? in their own lives like where is my sister right now in this point of her life where is my brother at this point of his life you know what i'm saying and i can evaluate their life based off of you know i'm their sister i'm their brother i mean I'm, yeah i'm their sister or i'm their cousin you know i'm their daughter i'm i'm i'm, I'm this person to them i can evaluate their lives and be like oh, okay they're not in this space right now. You know, this is the story they're they ha- they they they're living through right now. You know, right now they hold this as a value. They hold this as a belief. Right now their environment has impacted them or is impacting them in this type of way right now. And so being able to be aware of that, I know how personally how I can move and how I can you know do certain things to if I want to make their day better or if I want to you know um put myself into their life in in any kind of way instead of getting mad because you know they're not fitting into my schedule I become more understanding because I understand that their life and their belief is based on this. You know, what if my what if my sister doesn't eat meat? I don't go over her house if she has a potluck and bring a whole bunch of damn meat. <laughs> like that is not aligned with her standards. And for me, if I value family connection and I value um, being around my family and uh, com- being communion with my family, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to bring a dish that is meatless. And if my family eats meat, maybe I bring another dish that's meat, but I make sure I bring something else that's meatless. Or, you know, that's just like, that's that's honoring what, what their lifestyle is like. I'm not around here saying like, oh, you don't eat me, you think you better than us, or you didn't you don't do this, or you know what you think you a Muslim. Like, I'm not doing that. I don't do that. What I do is, oh, okay, you don't eat me, okay. How can I, you know, how can I um support this when I go around? How can I maybe even try to try something without you don't you know without me? I'm not gonna I'm not going to, it's not my job to do anything against what they believe or what they hold. So that's, you know, a part of being self-aware. And as a coach now, the more and more I realize that I have a position of, you know, where 
I'm, I have a position to where people are looking at me and expecting me to have this certain expertise. And I know this now, you know. I've done a couple of episodes already and kind of talked a little bit about my experiences with people and how they perceive me and everything. And it's not always been so easy because it is tough. I know that was one of my like worries, like, oh my God, people are going to perceive me to be this and this and perfect. And I got to be perfect. I got to be perfect. I got to be perfect. But then it's like, oh, maybe I'm holding myself to perfection so much so that I'm kind of like attracting people who expect me to be perfect. Or I think that they think that I want to be, or I think that they think that I'm perfect because I think that I'm supposed to be operating at a state of perfection. So I'm basically almost kind of like projecting my thoughts of perfection that I hold on myself, knowing that it can't be, it's not true, onto other people's thoughts because all they're doing is holding me to a standard of expertise. And it took it takes a minute to figure that out. It takes a minute to reflect on that, you know. And the more and more I coach, the more I realize, like, okay, I have to be aware of my tone. I have to be aware of the things that I'm biased in. I have to realize that... Sometimes in my coaching sessions, certain things that my client might may be talking about, it might trigger me. It might I might have gone through the same experience. And it's important for me even in those moments to be very self-aware and to still hold myself to a certain level of standard. You know, not to start to gossip with them, but to realize like, oh, this is coming up for me. And if that's a moment where I do want to be vulnerable and transparent with them, then I can do so in a way that doesn't almost kind of like breach the coach and client um, relationship. Because it's not a friendship. It's a it's a it's a professional friendship, if that makes any sense. It's not like a regular, you know, friendship because regular friendships doesn't involve a whole bunch of coaching. Um, regular friendships, some you know, just involve a lot of ease and and other things. You know, vaca- you know, you know, regular friendships. But a coaching um, relationship, I'm holding this person accountable. They're they're investing in themselves and investing in 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 a program a coaching program that is to hold them accountable that is to see what they're doing and how did they and how they can change and one thing that I do kind of want to bring up when it comes to you know other people and how they and how they take information is defenses Sometimes our defense mechanisms blocks self-awareness. And it is pretty tough to work with someone who is defensive because they put up a shield, you know, and they're blocking everything and anything that's coming in. And so if in a coaching relationship, 
a client is being defensive and putting up a shield, it's my duty to notice that and to be aware of that. And it's also my my duty to challenge that so much to where they, you know, to where they kind of are like, they aren't like getting even more mad or triggered or anything like that. But for me to kind of apply that of compassion, apply that empathy, and to kind of almost like call it out. And that's why when, if you are, you have to be ready for coaching. You know, sometimes you have to go through therapy before you come to coaching. Because with coaching, this is an accountability partnership. Like, you have to be open to the 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 change that you're going to be going through and the feedback you're going to be getting and I'm not saying that you have to be open towards if somebody's being nasty towards you like you can clearly evaluate when somebody's being nasty towards you or giving you like advice that's not aligning with you or not even trying to basically um work with you in a certain type of way this is why it's important to pick a coach that feels aligned with you. You don't just go pick any old coach. If you speak to a certain coach or or a therapist and they speak a certain type of way or they trigger you in a certain type of way, maybe that's not the right person for you. So that's it, you know, it's important to pay attention to that type of stuff. You know? And what their training is and if they are self-aware and how do they basically like how do they handle you because you you don't want nobody to handle you all crazy you know you want somebody to handle you with respect you want somebody to handle you based off of your values you know and so that is that like that opens the relationship up more for where you don't have as many defense mechanisms and not even in coaching but in you know in our regular lives you know when we are getting constructive criticism you know in our relationships and we're feeling threatened by constructive criticism even if the tone is right even if you know the delivery was a good delivery that is something to pay attention to within yourself and to to ask yourself like hmm what why did this come up for me you know what is this you know why did I feel like I needed to protect that part of myself what is that you know and realizing that when that comes up again you can let that guard down and you can be vulnerable about that you can be transparent about that if the space allows if you're ready you know and so when we think about ownership it opens you up to grow and it allows you to grow you know we can't change if we don't notice what we're doing. So if you don't notice how you're being in the world, 
how you're being within yourself, then yeah, you're stuck. You can't change. Yeah, you are who you are. I'm going to be this way for the rest of my life. Because you don't even see what you're doing. And you're not going to see it even if somebody else, <laughs> even if somebody else um, tries to point it out to you. Because you're not aware of it. And so that takes me to this quote that I've heard. And this quote goes, when people encounter the world, they don't see the world as it is. They see the world as they are. And that is so, man, I'm, I love this quote because <laughs> for me, I'm such a, I'm such a see the whole world as a good thing, like as every, you know, um, world peace and um, everybody living in harmony and, you know, so much so that that, you know, that's how I am, you know, full of love, full of pureness, full of light and, 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 you know, wanting to be kind and gentle and, and, um, just exist in love and love amongst one another. And I see the world like that. <laughs> and because I that's who I am. I see the world as I am. And <laughs> my dad, he he showed me a video uh of a cartel or something in um Mexico, I think that was, where they were chopping off they were chopping off um, a man's head, like sawing it off. And when I told y'all, when I tell y'all, that, that broke me down. I was like, no. No. How could they do such a thing? Oh, my God. I was, I don't know if I, I don't think I got traumatized, but... Mm, I'm drinking a pink drink, y'all. I don't know if I got traumatized, but it definitely showed me that the world ain't what I thought it was. And the reason why he said he did this is because he wanted to show he wanted to show me that there are evil, there is evil in the world. You know, there are bad people in the world. There are bad things happening. In the world, the world is not rainbow, glitter, unicorn, puppy dogs, and all of those things. It's just not. And so, him showing me that, it kind of took it. It took me out of, oh, Germany. The world isn't who you are. The world is what it is. And I am who I am in this world. And. That just relates to, you know, <laughs> you know, the self-awareness. And so moving forward in life, your actions have to start to align with what you value. And when I first became a coach, 
I realized that, oh, okay, so I need to figure out what I value so that I can move accordingly. And even though this isn't a fast process, this is a pretty slow process, it does the job and it solves the discrepancy between the unfulfilled you and the fulfilled you. There's this middle space and there's this, you're like so far away from fulfilled and um, unfulfilled. And you're standing in unfulfilled because your actions aren't aligned with what you value. And your actions aren't aligned with what you believe to be. And your actions aren't aligned to the goals that you, you, you know, you want to achieve. And so you don't feel good and you feel sad and you feel like a failure and you feel unfulfilled. And that's just because you haven't done the things that bring you joy. And this is why I was so intentional about creating those small changes that aligned with my values, whether that was taking a walk in nature, journaling, um, reading, um, going to Starbucks as much as I want to because I want to, (laughs) um, creating a platform where I can be positive and vulnerable because I value those things and I'm super happy about that and Now I want to tell y'all how all of this work that I've done, all of this personal development work, how it has led me to where I am today. So for the past few weeks, maybe like two weeks or so, I have been challenged emotionally. And I did really good with that challenge. No matter what forces came in and on the outside to try to tell me that I wasn't good enough, I'm a failure, I'm not being the the person that I need to be, I'm not as disciplined as I need to be, I'm not um, this and that. The negative talk wasn't even coming from myself. The negative talk started to come from the outside. And I've been doing this work for so long now that I didn't even let, it hurt, but I didn't even let that negative out, uh, that negative talk that was coming from the outside, I didn't let that penetrate who I am because I was able to tap into that compassion, I was able to tap into those affirmations. I was able to tap into the part of myself 
that has been doing this work for so long. It's no joke. I don't play no games when it comes to the internal work. When you can nobody take this away from me. And I mean that. People can try. And they might they might get in a little bit. But I've been doing this work consistently. And I've built the momentum so much so that I, the negative self-talk is almost like something that doesn't even, I don't even partake in negative self-talk no more. Now, I might do a certain type of evaluation on myself to where I'm thinking like, dang, I'm not, I'm not even, I'm not doing this a certain type of way, but I'm not shaming myself. I'm not talking bad about myself. I'm not calling myself stupid. I'm not calling myself dumb. I'm not calling myself a bad mom. I'm not calling myself, I'm not, I'm not degrading myself. What I'm doing is I'm evaluating who I am. I'm evaluating my life. I'm trying to figure out, okay, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. Okay, why I'm not doing these things? I do a lot of reflection. And that reflection is not coming from a space of beating myself up. Now, beating myself up is something that like I did so much of like in the past. I don't do that as much today. Like like almost I can like I said, these past two weeks I've shown I I literally am proud of my internal work. Because I was able to hold on to my joy. I was able to hold on to my self-worth. I was able to hold on to, I was able to just hold on to my sanity because I've been doing the work. And people don't see that. People don't see the work that you do on yourself internally. Now, you all might see you know, the post I make, or you might see the, the, the content, the, the graphics that I create. You all might see, you know, me go live every now and then. You all might hear this podcast and the things that I talk about. You all might even see that I journal at times. But what you all don't see is all of those times where I'm quiet. All of those times where I'm by myself. All of the things that are attacking me, all of the things that are I'm coming up against and I'm being challenged with, all of the strength that I have to muster up in my day-to-day life, that long to-do list of things just to do, <laughs> you all don't see a lot of the times the mistakes a lot of the times you're not seeing the procrastination. And you're not seeing my thought process. But what you do see is the the results sometimes. I have got I have come a long way. Literally, I, I promise you, I've come a long way. I'm very, very proud. I still have so much. I have still so much stuff in store. It's ridiculous. I'm still asking to be like booked to speak in places. 
I'm actually about to um, speak somewhere April 29th. I actually am still, um, like, on, on paper creating things to bring to the forefront that will be brought to the forefront. You all are probably looking and like, oh, I haven't brought nothing to the forefront yet. Like that's engaging for the audience. That's beyond social media. But it's happening. It's coming. It's in the works. It's being planned. You all don't see that. What you're going to see is when I, when it happens. But this stuff takes this stuff takes work. It takes action. It took me to align with my values. And then not only my personal values, but now I have business values. Germination, the brand, isn't just a brand I decided to just pop out of. Like, you know, it just it didn't come out of nowhere. It, it was birthed out of true passion. And so this brand has values. This brand has a mission. This brand has standards. And so I have to also not only do self-awareness and reflection as it relates to myself, I also have to do that as it relates to my brand because I'm the owner. I'm the creator. I hold it. I hold the vision. And so that's all stuff that takes time to just align. And I know we're, you know, in an age where, you know, everything is supposed to come fast. But there comes a time where you have to Understand that you're not in a rat race. You are not in competition with no one. And there is no comparison because your vision is always going to be different from someone else's vision. And if you're ever jealous of someone else and the work that they're doing. That's something to evaluate. That's something to be aware of and be like, hmm, I'm jealous of them and what they're creating because I actually value that. I actually want that for myself. And so that's something to start to take note of and start to be proactive about. And the more you are proactive about the things that you value, the more confidence you have, the more self-control you have, the better decision, like the better you are at making decisions and the better you get at communicating. In all levels of your life. And so, it's something to actually harness and to 
start to practice. And one strong way to practice this is one, journal. I love to journal. Another way to practice this is to like practice mindfulness in such a way that um, makes sense for your life, that feels comfortable for your life. Whether you are paying, like whether you're walking, whether you're just sitting still, whether you're just eating, whether you're just listening. But mindfulness is just really paying attention to your internal state, listening to it, not judging it, paying attention to what comes up. Another way to practice self-awareness is to cut the distractions and to connect with yourself. Cut the distractions could mean turning off all, turn, putting your phone on D&D, D, do not disturb. Turning off all of the notifications in your phone. Another way to practice self-awareness is to listen to someone else's perspective and or listen to a perspective that's different from yours and ask for feedback. Get curious about your own perspective and get curious about someone else's way of life. Take the time to really um, dissect what it is that you believe in. Start challenging your ideals by listening to, let's just say, podcasts that are that challenge your perspectives. Because how can you really say you hold on to a perspective if you not you if you haven't even um if you haven't even heard the opposing perspective in such a way that you can surely say like okay i can say that this is my perspective because i've heard the opposing one and this one makes more sense maybe the opposing perspective is going to make more sense but you've never given the time to to it because of whatever reason but self-awareness, y'all, it's a, it's a really, really great soft skill to, to have, you know, in life. And it creates a different, it creates a different world for you at work and your relationships with yourself. And to be honest, self-awareness is self-love. And the more we can adapt to, you know, the processes and the patterns and the things that are happening, then the less stressed we are, the more resilience you can have, and to be honest, the more fulfilled you become in life, whether you have achieved that goal or not. And 
it enhances your gratitude because now you are more open and being more open just allows room for change and that's what it's all about (laughs) and with that being said you all have a wonderful day peace out